we're in the book of Proverbs. If you'll go there with me, please, in Proverbs chapter 31, we are trying to finish up this book of the Bible together. This is the passage from the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him about being a, about virtuous women. You say, preacher, why? Why would you preach to us as a church about being a virtuous woman? Well, this woman preached to her son about a virtuous woman. I don't think he was going to become one. He needed to know how to spot one. So, and this is not just about womanhood. As we started this preaching, we said there'd be several messages on this text because there's so many verses that are given to us about about womanhood, about the virtuousness that should be found in women, godly women, women of the Bible, Christian women. And yet there is another story to be told here because all Scripture is for our admonition, for our learning. And so we started last Sunday night about showing the correlation between the devil having a woman, which is a harlot or a whore, and the Lord Jesus Christ or God having a woman, a bride, And we went through the text that shows that the church is the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ and that we should be a virtuous woman. I don't know about you, but I just don't want to be a part of a church. I want to be a part of a virtuous church. I want to, it's just like, you know, womanhood in general. It's always a work in progress. I have never in my life met a woman that looks exactly like Proverbs 31. She may be out there, I just never met her. That, that is no slap at all the women that God's put in my life, neither my wife or my mother or my grandmothers. It's just this is the ideal that women desire to work toward. It's like all of us trying to be like Jesus. That That's not something you just arrive at and it's over. It's a continual journey. It's hard work to become that. And so some people throw up their hands and say, I, can't never, I can never be that, but if it didn't, you can or it wouldn't be in the Bible. Of course, this is not the idea, the world's idea of what a woman should be. But evidently, it's God's idea because he put it in the Bible. I think this is also God's idea of what kind of church we should be as the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight we'll look at several verses. We've already looked at verse 10, speaking of the rarity and value of a virtuous woman. So hard to find a virtuous lady today, and her price is just, she's invaluable. And then we talked about the same thing with the church. It's so hard to find a virtuous church today. It's a very rare thing in the world. And the value of it could, is far exceeding anything else that you could come up with in this world in your life. If, you, if we could look at the value of having a virtuous church, not just a church, but a virtuous church, as being more important than our salaries or the money that we have. Now, that's what he's saying here. Her price is far above rubies. And so the value to become this woman and the rarity of it cannot be overemphasized. And then we talked about the relationship of this virtuous woman to her husband. We'd mentioned verse 11 about the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need. She meets his needs and she not only does that, verse 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She's living to please him. We looked at that in the Bible. And also verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She's not known, but her husband is known. And she is exalting him. And that's what we as a church should be doing. We should be interested in the exaltation of Christ, not our own exaltation. We are not trying to make a name for Sweet Springs Baptist Church. We're trying to make a name for Jesus Christ. The reason we want to have a a virtuous church and a right church and a wonderful church is because we want the world to know how wonderful Christ is. And we want to protect his name and we want to glorify him. 
In verse 28, about her husband, her relationship with her husband, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. We talked about how we ought to be living for the pleasure of our Lord and for his praise and for his blessing. And tonight I want to get into the meat of the text. And if I had to describe this, it wouldn't be her rarity or value or her relationship to her husband, but I would call it her industriousness. If you would write about all the good qualities of a woman, you probably would not write these things. But God, when he values and describes this virtuous woman, he describes her industry. He describes how hardworking she is. He describes how strong she is and how skilled she is. It's a wonderful text. So let's start reading together in verse number 13. The Bible says, She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household. And a portion to her maidens, she considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household. And eateth not the bread of idleness. God will bless his word. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us as a church to be the virtuous woman that you deserve us to be. And so, Lord, I pray that you not only speak to us as we look at the, the ideal that you've laid out of what a woman should be, but you'd help us to consider what kind of church you want us to have. And I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't just be hearers of this word, but that we would be doers of it. And we'll thank you for the help you give in Jesus' name. Amen. She's industrious. Look at all the work she's doing here. Verse number 13, the Bible says, She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. The virtuous woman works, and she works with her hands. She doesn't just work with her mind. She doesn't just work with her heart. She works with her hands. And I want to talk about that just for a little while, about how a good godly woman works with her hands and how we as a church should be working with our hands. Notice in verse 13 it says, She seeketh wool. I mean, she has, she's going out trying to find this job, trying to find the materials that she needs to work with. She's not waiting on someone to bring those materials to her. She goes and seeks them. You see that in the verse? She seeketh wool. It's not that her husband brings the wool and says, Here, woman, make this. That, that, that's not what's going on here. This lady is seeking out the material to do what she wants to do. As a matter of fact, she's not even forced to do it. She's not even pressured to do it. Would you look at the verse again? She seeketh wool and flax and worketh, what's the next word? Willingly. 
with her hands. It's not she is in a house and her husband's browbeating her to get the clothes sewn and get the things. That's not it. This is what she wants to do. Do you see that in the text? It's a willingness of heart. Thank God for not only willing women to do the work that needs to be done in a home, but thank God for a church filled with people that wants to be a virtuous church that it's not that they're forced or, or, or they're, uh, they, they're made to feel guilty if they don't, but willingly in their heart they want to work with their hands. They want to reach out and do the work of God. If you have to be pumped and primed and begged and pulled and shoved and pushed to do the work of God, then you're not part of this virtuous woman. She's not complaining about it. She's seeking it. She's finding the job to do. It's not placed upon her. She's looking for opportunities. Do you see that? She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She's looking for opportunities to do a good job of work. What an important thought for the church. We've got to be looking and seeking for the opportunities to do things for the Lord. Sometimes I I feel that... Some things that we announce or we ask you to do, sometimes I think it, it looks like it's a burden to somebody. Oh, we have we have a bridal shower, we have a baby shower, we have nursery work, or we have oh, when's preacher going to? Hey, is he going? We're going to do visitation again, and do we have to do door to door and street holding and oh, street ministry? Guys, it should not be a burden. We should be seeking that. If we're a virtuous church, we're not waiting on someone to say, hey, you need to do this. We're coming to say, hey, what can I do? What ministry can I find? I'm seeking to find the materials and the opportunities and the ways to serve the Lord. I don't have to serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. I don't have to be a part of the church. I want to be a part of the work and ministry of the church. It's a willingness. Do you see that? Oh, God, help us to be a virtuous woman that's doing what, what we are doing willingly. Guys, that's not true to just about women. That's true about children. That's true about anything in life. If you do stuff and, and you don't really want to do it, it shows through everything that you're engaged in. You can tell when kids don't want to do what they're doing. You can tell when church people are, do, are doing what they don't want to do. Thank God I'm glad I don't have a wife going in. That's God, I got to wash your clothes again today. But I'll do it because I know it needs to be done. Well, that's not the way my, matter of fact, I asked my wife, I said, why do you wash every day? Does the washman, he, she have to run every day? She wants to, she don't want those clothes. She wants them clean. She don't want them to stack up. I'm not on her. Honey, when are you going to wash the clothes? No, I don't have to say a word. That's what she wants to do. I don't have to stay on my wife. Now, you know we have to have supper tonight. I don't have to do that. Guys, does Jesus have to beg us to do what we ought to want to do? Do you see the illustration? The Bible says it is acceptable if first there be a willing mind. And there's where the rub is. You will never be a virtuous woman. You will never be a virtuous Christian if you're not willing. Nobody's preaching to this woman. That's what she wants to do. She wants to be a good wife. I want to be a good church for the Lord. I I want to do a good job preaching. I want to do a good job living for the Lord. I want to please Him. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Look look at all the stuff she does with her hands. I I think it's, it's intriguing. Look, verse 19. 
She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. Those words are even foreign to us, like sewing machine. (laughs) Please don't get quiet. It makes me want to preach. If you'll just help me, I'll just move on. This woman knows how to sew. I don't know how to sew. Guys, I can't sew on a button. Now, if you're a lady in here and you don't know how to make, matter of fact, just drop on down. Look at verse 24. She maketh fine linen. She, she makes clothes and sells it. Now, she's not just making clothes for her. <laughs> I'm going to upset somebody else. She's not just making clothes because the family's too cheap to buy clothes. She's making clothes to sell it and make money. <laughs> she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. She's not, she's taking, she's making money off of her skill to sew. Now, look, you know, we have got, I, I want to try to say this as easy as possible. You know, we've got ladies that don't even know how to sew on a button. We got young girls growing up. They 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 if they they could not even sew anything. You know, I when I was in high school in a public high school on the football team, they made us go to sewing class. Every, they made us learn how to sew. Football players. I didn't learn much. I made a stupid little pillow. <laughs> but I'm thinking, if you're trying to teach football players how to sew, you say, preacher, that sounds so sexist. The women need to know to sew. People need buttons. <laughs> am, am I reading it or am I not reading it? Is that in there? Now you say, preacher, I don't know how to do that. Guys, there's a lot of things I didn't know how to do, but I had to learn how to do it. There was a day that I didn't know how to teach a Sunday school class. There was a day that I didn't know how to preach. There was a day that I didn't know how to write a book. I had to learn to do those things. And, And see, there's some things in the Christian life. I'm not just preaching about womanhood now. There's some things in the Christian life we've got to learn to do. We've got to want to. You say, well, I just don't know how to reach out to sinners, and I don't know how to lead people to Christ. Well, try to learn how to do it. You know what? I was blessed tonight. Brother Steve came up to me and said, we had a young bus kid. He just got baptized not long ago. He came up to Steve. He just walked him off and told me this. He came up to Brother Steve and he said, I need to learn how to tell people. No, let me, let me say it Hey, you said. It. He said, I need to learn how to save people. Well, wait a minute. You know, first of all, how mixed up that phrase is. <laughs> That shows a world of ignorance, does it not? I want to know how to save people. But you know what? It is somebody trying to learn how to do something they know needs to be done that they have no idea how to do it. And if he's 11 years old and wants to do it, what's wrong with you? I just don't know how to sew. Well, figure it out. If they can take 16-year-old football players and they can make pillars then God's people can learn how to do some things for the Lord. Amen. Amen. She takes hold of the spindle and the, the staff. She's making fine linen. She's making girdles. She's, she is skillful. She's skillful. She knows how to do stuff. The only thing I know about sewing stuff is this. With sewing machines... If you don't know what you're doing, it shows. <laughs> the stitches everywhere and stuff. This lady is so skillful that what she makes, people wants to they want to buy it. Do people want what we have? Do we have the life that they want? Do we have the service that they're interested in? This is skilled labor, man. 
This is a woman that knows how to work with her hands. And this is what the Lord is showing. And I think he's showing us we need to be a working church. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, thy hand, do it with all thy might. Yes, vacation Bible school is work. Yes, living for the Lord is work. But that's what a virtuous church does. Amen. Verse 31, look at it. Give her of the fruit of her hands. Do you see that? I mean, she does such a good job with what she makes. If you just give it to her, her own work, the Bible says in verse 31, we'll praise her. I tell you, church, we just need help here. We're living a day where people don't want to do church work. They don't want to do work. They don't want to do jail ministry. They don't want to do bus ministry. They don't want to do prison ministry. They don't want to do any, any ministry. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want anything to infringe upon their time. Don't you know that I have a life to live? I have a family. I have things going on. Don't put any more obligations on my time. But that is what a virtuous church wants to do. They want to work. And I need that help and you need that help. We don't work enough. Guys, If all we do is come in and go to church and go home, that is not the work of the ministry. The Bible says that God gave evangelists and apostles and evangelists and and prophets and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. The reason that God wants to perfect us is so we'll be skilled workers for Him. And a virtuous church is a working church. Do you ever bow your head and confess your sin of not being a better witness? Do you ever bow your head and confess your sin of not working for the Lord? How about this little phrase? If any man, if you don't work, neither should he. What if the principle was God will only give us from his word if we are working in his vineyard? If any doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Why should I be blessed? Why should I be taught the Bible? Why should I be fed by God if this is a working lady, hardworking lady? And then I see verse 14, another thing she is. She not only works with her hands, but verse 14 says, She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. Hmm. Verse 15 continues that little thought. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She feeds people. You see that in the verses? She bringeth her food from afar. Verse 15, even if it's nighttime, she gets up out of bed when she should be sleeping and when everybody's sleeping and she gives meat to her household. If somebody's hungry, she's going to get out of bed. She's going to make, she's not going to say, well, I'm not going to get out of bed because it's not time to get up yet and it's not breakfast time or it's not supper time. No, the Bible says the virtuous woman, she's going to bring her food from afar. And even if she has to get up in the night, she's going to make sure that everybody's fed. Do you see that? A virtuous church is a church that feeds people. Not physically. The purpose of a church is to feed people the word of God. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Got a text this morning after service. Thank you for feeding me. This is where we ought to get fed. A virtuous woman feeds. In other words, it's not just come in and have a good time. Our souls are being fed in a virtuous church. In a feel-good church, you don't get a meal. You get those little styrofoam snacks. Y'all know what that is? I don't even know what that stuff's made of. Those straws that look like plastic. Veggie straws. If there's a vegetable in there, I'm a Muslim. Plastic straws. 
You can't live off of that. You need to be fed. You know what? I, I, I was bragging on Heather. I, I'm, you know, Josh is going to get a good wife. And I tell you what, he won't starve either. She knows how to cook. You know, we're, we're growing up a generation of, of women and girls. They don't know how to cook nothing. Come on, help me now. I'm trying, I'm, I don't want to stay there. They, they don't know how to cook nothing. If it doesn't pop in the microwave, God help you if that's what you have to marry. Again, you say, well, everybody's done cook. Learn how to do it. You know what my mother did? My mother went over to my dad's mother's and said, teach me how to do this. And teach me how to do that in the kitchen. My wife did the same thing. Because I want to be able, why? Because I don't want my family to have to live off pizza. You live off pizza, you'll have as many zits, amen. It's not healthy. You need a meal. You know what the Bible said about that virtuous woman? She brings her food from afar. She goes, it's not just the junk that's around her or the limitation of the food that she has. She's going to go afar. She's going to go a long way to get the necessary food to feed her family so they have all the nutrition that they need. She gives them a, a balanced meal. She gives them a healthy meal. She gives them an interesting meal. When I think of bringing your food from afar, I think of international supper, mission supper. Amen. What a blessing to go back there. And God help you people, you just go to the American table. You don't know what you're missing. Amen. Some of that food from afar. I never forget sitting in the in Paris for the first time in my life in a restaurant. And uh, my, our family was there. And uh, that, that's one of the one of the perks of Mission Field. <laughs> yeah, we flew to Paris and back from Romania for $80. <laughs> the whole family, not one person, all of us together. So we said, why not spend Thanksgiving in Paris? It's such a drag serving the Lord. <laughs> so we're in Paris, they bring this food, and I put it in my mouth and I go, Never had that in my mouth before. What is that flavor? Guys, if all you've experienced is salt and pepper, you're missing out. There's other stuff out there. This virtuous woman, she wants their family to have a smorgasbord of everything. And if she's got to go far off to get those spices and far off to get the best food, she's going to provide a meal and spread the table. And if she has to get up in the night to feed them, she puts herself aside because she wants everybody fed in her house. And I'm telling you, that's just not about womanhood. That's about a church. We ought to want to feed people the Word of God and feed people the spiritual things. We ought to dig deep in the Word of God, bring it out from far... And give them stuff that nobody else will give them. The average American home, if it's not hamburgers and chicken nuggets, they don't get nothing. And when I sat down at the table, that virtuous woman put peas on the table. You know what a good woman will do? She'll not just give you what you want, she'll give you what you need. Amen. You don't, a virtuous woman don't set a table of lollipops and desserts and potato chips. I'll sit down at the table. My wife, she'll have asparagus. We have broccoli. Now, if I picked it all out, it would be steak and steak and then ribs. <laughs> Then steak again. <laughs> Just put a little green in there so I don't feel bad conscience. But no, a virtuous woman spreads the table. Now listen, what day are we in? We're living in a day where, you know, our kids are growing up, and if they don't want to eat it, it ain't even on the table. 
I don't like that. That's green. What is cauliflower? Ooh, that looks bad. No, Mommy, I'm not going to eat that. You know, you might win the battle with your children with their plate. Or lose the battle with your children with their plate. You said, come on, preacher, you're overemphasizing. The first sin was about food. God's got all these trees to eat from. I don't want that. I want that one. What kind of woman would feed her family junk food all the time? Not a good one. What kind of church would dish out junk food to people just what they want to hear? Guys, we don't preach psychology here. We preach the Bible. We don't preach what people want to hear. We preach what God says because as we go through books of the Bible because we want the food God wants us to eat. And sometimes you may look at it and say, that's too green. If you only eat stuff you like to eat, you probably don't have a very good diet. If, if you just eat stuff that you want. Yeah. You know, the truth of the matter, with, especially with kids, if you don't make them eat stuff that they think they don't like, they might like it. i never forget one of my children, I won't say which one, one of my children, the first time we had pizza, that child said, that, that looks funny, I don't want that. Well, what kind of, what kind of, a, what kind of mother would send it to She said, well, okay, honey, if you don't want it, then we won't give it to you. Whatever you want to eat, no. This virtuous woman, she brings her food from afar. She spreads a good table. She makes sure everyone is fed and fed a good meal. And even if it's not what you think you like, if you'll just eat it a while, maybe you'll get used to it. A good church is like that. If you'll stick around long enough, you'll either get used to it or you'll go on down the road. But we're not going to change the menu. We're not going to change the menu. Why? Because we want to be a virtuous church. We want to be a virtuous woman. We want to have a balanced diet. Mm. Picky eaters. By the way, that's why in the next year, I've got 10 different preachers that I've never even brought here before that you're going to hear. 10 different preachers. We started doing, and it's not, it's not even the same ones this summer. We had all those evangelists. You say, why do you do that? Because you don't need to be a picky eater. Well, that's not my favorite. Well, that's not the one I want to hear. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> Quit being a picky, spoiled child. Come to the table and say, Lord, feed me. Amen. We've got ten new preachers. I'm convinced that some of these ten preachers that are coming, you're going to love them. But there's a few in there. But I'm going to bring them anyway because I think you need to hear them. I think you need the food. Amen. So the virtuous woman, even if she has to go on a far journey, she's going to find the best food, bring it to those of her household. Look at verse 18. 18, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. That's sort of in the same line there of, of verse 15. She riseth also while it is yet night. It's like her candle never goes out. She's always on the job. She's always ready to feed, to help, to serve. Do you see that? That's what kind of church we should be. That's what kind of Christian life we should live. It's not, okay, we're off duty. Look, you know, if you're a wife or a mother, you're never off duty. I mean, in the middle of the night, when the baby cries, it ain't going to be Simon getting up. <laughs> you know why? He's off duty. You say, I'm just, that's the way it is. And there's some other reasons why that's the way it is. 
right? Never off duty. Baby needs something, here we go. We should never be off duty for the Lord. We should never hang up our Christian coach and say, all right, I'm not, that's not who I am right now. Her candle goeth not out by night. What a tireless, hardworking, skilled, laboring woman. That's what kind of church we need to have. Look how discerning she is in verse 18. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. She knows what she has is good. She knows this food is the best food. She knows the difference between, amen, homemade mashed potatoes and boxed stuff, whatever that is. She knows the difference. She knows the recipe, and if it's not right, and if it's plastic. She knows the difference between something that tastes plastic, something you buy out of a TV dinner, and something that is made from scratch. Every now and then, it's not often, but every now and then I'll sit down, and there will be a, what kind of biscuits are those that pop out of the can? Whatever they are. That'll be on the table every now and then. But usually... I sit down at the table, and there are homemade. You know how you know homemade biscuits? You can discern it's different. It looks different. All those cookie-cutter, popped-out-of-the-can biscuits don't look like a homemade biscuit. The homemade biscuits, they're jagged. they got different sizes. They all... Everybody with me? You can just tell. That's homemade, and that's not. That has 25 ingredients, and that has five. You can tell. You can tell just by looking at it. And then when you get it and taste it, you can really tell, right? She discerns that her merchandise is good. She can tell the difference between something that's fake and something that's real, something that's healthy for you and something that is not healthy for you. She knows what's bad for her family and what's good for her family. The Bible says, look at verse 27. She looketh well to the ways of her household. She is diligently watching her house. She's discerning. She knows if something's off with her child. She knows if something's off with her her husband. She knows if there's a problem in the house. She can sense it. She has good discernment. Not just about her food, but about her family. She can tell if this is right or if this is not right. And I tell you what, a church should be the same way. Guys, we got good merchandise. I don't even have to look at the Bible cover of the title page to know that somebody's quoting the right book or not. I can immediately hear it in my ear. Oop, that's not homemade. That's not from scratch. That didn't come from God's oven. There's something plastic in that. I don't have to listen to a song, amen, 30 seconds to know, hey, there, there's a, there, that's not the right ring. That, that's not the right spirit there. Are you with me? Amen. We ought to understand. A good church understands the merchandise. We look well. The way. I can tell if the attitude you have is not right. Amen. I can tell if you walked in the church to worship. I can tell if you're excited about the Lord, if you love the Lord, if you're tender. A church ought to be discerning about the needs of its household and its people. And discerning about what we have to offer. And that it's the real thing and the genuine thing. We ought to have the real lifestyle. We ought to be able to discern, hey, this, this is the right style lifestyle of a virtuous church. This is the right attitude. We know the difference. She knows the difference. Only a good, discerning Christian parent would understand what I'm saying. You know, you know if something's not right with your child. Before it manifests, you just know there's something not right. And a good church will be able to spot something that is not right. And stay away from it or start ministering to it. I've got to move on. Look at verse 16. She works with her hands. She feeds the household. And verse 16 says, She considereth a field and buyeth it. 
With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. In verse 24, it says, She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. So this virtuous woman is good in business deals. You know what I think some... Now, you've you got two extremes how people look at virtuous women in the Bible. We say, well, a woman should be a keeper at home. That's true. But that doesn't mean she's locked up in her home. You know what this virtuous woman is doing? She goes out and finds a field and buys it. The husband didn't buy it. She bought it. Hey, are we in reading the King James Bible? I'm letting my wife buy If you had a a virtuous woman and you would trust her a little bit, she might make more money than you. Instead of keeping her locked up in the house. Now look, I'm not not promoting women to go out and work for her. I don't promote that. Okay, That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying this woman, even if she is a keeper at home, this is a virtuous woman. She's doing all this work and she still finds time to go do a real estate deal. She buys a field, and then what does she do? She considers a field and buys it. And she buys a field, and then she, with her own hands, plants the vineyard in the field. I mean, not only is she going to get profit from the investment in the real estate, she's going to be growing stuff on the real estate that she bought. And of course, immediately in Independent Baptist Church, we say, well, how did the woman have money? Oh, you're getting real quiet now. This woman has money. Now, she probably started small. But over, the t- over time, she works up. Because remember, she, verse 24, she makes fine linen, sells it. She's building up money. She's, I just don't know if I could trust. If you've got a virtuous woman, she can do that. Now, if she's not a virtuous woman, you can go broke. Fast. But we're talking about a virtuous woman. She buys a field. She considers a field. She buys it. She plants a vineyard. She's making money. Here, listen. She's making good investments. You know what a good church does? It makes good investments. You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to buy fields. Why are we spending all this money? By the way, I want you to, Brother Morris will confirm this. Next Sunday, I want you to take a gander at the bulletin. Next Sunday. Because, you know, all that money that we gave in the missions conference and then we invested, we gave out more money than we've ever given in the church's history in missions conference. We were just... What was that? That was investments. You say, oh, no, that money's going back and it's never come back. It did. Check the bulletin next Sunday. Not from this church. From a Christian man that said, I want in on this missionary faith promise action. Doesn't even live in this state. You can't beat given, it shall be given. You know what it is? It's an investment. She's not afraid to spend money, and she's not spending it for her own self. She's spending it so that she can be a good steward and have more, and have more to do to, to, the, to the help of her own household. She's an investor. Good in business deals. A virtuous woman, they spot those sales. You know what I'm talking about? I've met, I've met some ladies that have come back and they'll find stuff on sale. Wow. How did you get that for that price? Huh? Got to look for it. I think it's a good deal that we get to invest our money in the work of the Lord. 
We should never stop buying and selling, buying and selling, and buying and selling. Virtuous woman. She doesn't just keep all her money and, okay, well, I've done all this, so this is all mine. She didn't do that. She buys and she sells and buys. The good church, that's what a good church is doing with our money and with what God's given us. The last thing I give you, look at verse 17. She considereth, or excuse me, she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She's a strong woman. You see that? She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She's so, how did she get to be so strong? Well, you, you plant a vineyard, you do all this work, you'll build, up, you'll build up some strength doing all this stuff. The Bible says over here in verse number 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. She's not an idle individual. She's not a lazy person. She is diligently at working and she's building up strength as she's working. She, she girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. She's a strong woman. You say, I thought a woman was a weaker vessel. She is, but she can still be strong. We are weak, but we can be strong in the Lord. God's strength can be made perfect in our weakness. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. God wants a strong church. Liberal churches aren't strong. Only a virtuous church is strong. That can weather the storm and and weather the pressure. Guys, I'm worried as I watch people crumble under the pressure of life, we've never seen so many people that are so weak and so needy and so depressed and so down and can't take any pressure. God says the virtuous woman is strong. We need strong women in this church. We need strong men in this church. We need strong families in this church. And I'm just too tired. I've had a hard day. I just, I just can't take it. I just, not this woman. She can take it because she's strong. You know, you, you look at the examples in the Bible of strong women. I think of Ruth. <laughs> you know what I think? I think Ruth could outwork probably 75% of the men in this building. Out there in that field, gleaning in that field. All day long. Today, people don't even work in the field. They drive machinery in the field. They don't pick cotton. They don't thresh the wheat. Machines do all that. Ruth's out there working in the field in the heat of the day. You know what? She's a strong woman. And that's just the kind of woman Boaz wanted. I think of a strong woman. I think of Rebecca. All these are pictures of the church are supposed to be. Rebecca, Genesis 24. Man. Abraham sends his servant to go find a bride for Isaac. You'll not find a more beautiful picture of the church and the Lord Jesus Christ than all of that story there in Genesis 24 with with Isaac and Rebekah. The servant goes to look for a bride for Abraham's son. And he's got, listen, this is the story. This is amazing. Every time I think about this, I almost think it can't be in the Bible. Go home and read it. The servant of Abraham, he's rich now. He's rich. (laughs) Very, very rich. And so he takes ten camels. Ten camels. Big animals. Thirsty animals. Drink lots and lots of water. So he goes, the servant goes, he says, Okay, God, please make my way blessed and I want my... 
a, a wife from my master's son. And so the first person that comes out, let them offer me drink and also give drink to my camels. Now, wait a minute. It had been nice for the lady to offer the guy a drink, but come on. Giving all of his camels something to drink? You know, if I'd have been Rebecca, I'd say, here's you some water now. The watering hole's over there for all these big animals you have. You know what the Bible says that woman did? She not only gave drink to the man, she gave drink to the camels. All ten of them. Now, this is what the phrase in the Bible says that gets me. Until they had done drinking. I have it written down somewhere. I should have brought it out. How many gallons of water one camel drinks is amazing. And they're on the... You need a water hose for that. We're not talking about spigots. We're talking by hand. Can you imagine how industrious, how strong, how hardworking, how willing, what kind of attitude this woman had to have running back and forth and bringing all this water to ten camels until, you want some more camel? All right, I'll get you some more. Number eight, are you still thirsty? All right, I'll get you some more. And she's running back and forth. Don't you think that was heavy? Don't you think that was hard? Don't you think that's a lot of work? And when the servant saw that, the Bible said he marveled. I've never seen a woman work like this in all my life. This has to be the one from my master's son. You know what the picture is? The picture is the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do we have that strength to endure hardness, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus? Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And just keep doing the job for him. And keep bringing the water. Do you need some more? Okay, I'll keep going. I'll keep, I'm strong. He's a woman. Yes, but she's strong. And there's weakness everywhere. And the virtuous woman strengthens her arms. Because she knows she needs it. If you need strength, I know who has it. And I know that we as a church need to be a lot more industrious and hardworking and feeding. We need to be like this woman.